Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week, we're continuing our discussion on sex with our special guest, Dirty Lola. Stay tuned. Do you love listening to I'd Rather Stay In and want to support the podcast? Well, now you can. Visit our website or the link in our Instagram profile and click Buy Me a Coffee or visit buymeacoffee.com slash podcast. For the price of a cup of coffee, you can help us cover the costs of creating this podcast. There are no monthly memberships, and you can support us at whatever level you like, whenever you like. Whether you buy us one coffee, many coffees, or simply continue listening as always, we're so grateful for your support. Hello! Hi, Steffi. Hey, Megan, what's up? Uh, I, you know, just been going. (laughs) <laughs> been we living our, that life we uh so school started which i mentioned last week and um my son is on the soccer team and so we just had like our first uh game and so the, that means the first game schedule situation where he goes to school at seven fifteen in the morning and then he doesn't come home until like at 8 30 at night or later um which meant he was eating an enormous amount of Taco Bell at like nine o'clock last night. Oh lord! Uh, <laughs> I can already that tell it's like great. school. You know, school's just started, and I can already tell that it's it's going to be an interesting year. So. Uh, yeah, I would say, especially considering his um, time management. Yes, yeah, is historically his not been the best, and organizational skills are. It's going to you know, be a, interesting. High school, high school will be a rough entry, I think. <laughs> Everybody has to learn at some point. You know, yeah. it's fine. You know, how's he, because did he have time to, like, do his homework in all of that? Uh, he hasn't had homework yet. Um, oh, lucky duck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they, uh, they've just been, you know, going over what they're going to do for the year and things like that. But he brought home the syllabi from a few classes and they have to... The students and the parents have to sign it. Oh, interesting. Um, I guess, you know, to acknowledge that they know the rules for school and all the ways they need to be prepared. And they all say that he needs uh, paper for the classes. And he left his notebook at home today. Well, that'll... mm, Okay. He gave us the syllabi that all say, you need paper. And he left his paper. (laughs) (laughs) He walked out of the house without paper. He also... The first day of school, I gave him this notebook and a folder because I knew he would have papers from his teachers. The right. second day of school, the folder went onto the table and has been sitting on the table. And his papers mm, I just did ended notice... up loose in his bag. I did <laughs> notice the folder on your dining room table when I was over earlier this week. Yes. So, that, yep, that explains, that explains the mystery blue folder. Yes. Oh. And uh, what his algebra teacher specifically in the syllabi, syllabus says... You need to be very organized for this class. Oops. So we'll see. Well, you know, he's got four years to figure it out, I guess, before on to the next venture. So yes. <laughs> this I, it is will why a, we go to high school. It'll be a very trying time for me as a person who feels that she is very organized, especially when it came to school. So if I frantically text you 
help me help me help me yeah um i and it's so funny because you know he'll graduate and then you'll have a year or two before max is in high school Mm -hmm. but whatever you've learned with reese will not apply to max because they're like opposite humans yeah so max Max brings home he brings papers home from school and they're always tidily in his folder they're never folded 16 times. Like, sometimes I get a piece of paper that's been folded many times from Reese. Yes. So. It's, like, turned into, like, one of those little footballs that we all used to make when we were in middle school. Uh, no, he doesn't make those. He just folds them. Oh, well. He <laughs> should have gone to school in the 90s. I really would have taught him something. Apparently. What's new with you? <laughs> Honestly, not too much. It's, uh, it's. I, the the toddler was up for two hours in the middle of the night last night for unknown reasons. So, you know, that was one of those where you're like, somehow she ended up in our bed for a few minutes. And I was like, mm, this ain't going, girl. And so we had to get her to a calmed down stage so that then I could transfer her back to her own bed. So, you know, that was... That was quite the the two hours. And I was like, why? Why? This is the only, Tuesday is the only day I am doing things this week. You couldn't have picked another weekday where, like, I wasn't doing something the next day and had to sound intelligent. So, love that journey for us. Being parents. It's so, it's funny because everyone's like, oh, parenting. You're like, you know, being a mom is a delight. Being a parent is exhausting. It's true. It's true. Things no one tells you. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Speaking of things that no one else tells you. Right? Nice segue. So beautiful. Ah, uh, I know. It's like I do this a lot or something. <laughs> well, last week, Stephanie and I kicked off this mini series about sex by sharing our own sex origin stories. And this week, we are continuing the conversation by digging into the issues and stigmas that people with vulvas face regarding sex. For this part of the conversation, we wanted to bring in an expert on this topic, and we are so excited to be joined today by sex edutainer, speaker, and self-proclaimed dildo slinger, Dirty Lola. Welcome to the podcast, Lola. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Lola. Could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you got into this line of work? Oh, that's a doozy. Um, (laughs) So um, I am a sex educator, edutainer, and the edutainer title comes from um, the fact that I love to teach people while entertaining them because I feel like that is where the most information soaks in is when you're having fun. You know, I'm a 80s, 90s baby, and so I grew up with, um, why am I blanking now? But you all know what I'm, conjunction, junction, and... (laughs) Yeah. All of those. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I've learned that when people are not expecting to learn a thing and they're laughing and they're having a good time, stuff sinks in and then it makes them stop and think about things, um, which is great when we, you know, when you're looking at folks who don't get a lot of information in school and then as adults... I'm going to say adults tend to get an ego about what they know or what they don't know. And they're like, I don't need a class. So, you know, that's a lot of my work. It spans a lot of different areas. Um, I work in a brick and mortar sex shop in Brooklyn. I also work with an online sex shop at, um, 
as creative director of their online magazine, which is an education space. And then I teach classes, I do speaking engagements, I speak at colleges, I've done media work. So it encompasses everything, but it all comes back to sex ed and helping people feel less shame and more curiosity around sex. I love that you speak at colleges because we talked about this in last week's episode, but college was really when I like, I, because I grew up in uh, the evangelical church and deep into purity culture, when I went to my liberal arts college, that's like when I really started to actually learn useful things uh, about sex. And some of those were actually from like having uh, experts come and speak in a in a fun way like you were talking about um, but a lot of it was just for like picking things up from my peers and media and I think the more of those you know actually helpful seminars and speakers that come in the better especially for kids that were like me that got nothing useful prior to that yeah yeah it's I'm, college sex weeks are so important, and I know they get a lot of flack from both student groups, parents, faculty, but these are like kids working really hard. It's usually their peers throwing these events and trying to like find ways to, you know, start the conversations, and I always appreciate when I'm brought in. And the funny thing is, is I always prepare to come in and be, I'm, I'm raunchy, you know, I deal with adults mostly, so... I just talk very freely, but when I'm going into a college, I'm like, okay, we're gonna like, here's the stuff I'm gonna like not really touch on too much, or I'm gonna do this, and then you do a Q&A, and the first question is about like an anal threesome or double penetration, and I'm like, okay, well that goes out the window, here we are. <laughs> this is what we're talking about today. So, you know, it's, and, and I found this, I've done like high school age kids too, I've come in to do like Q&As, like just with different science classes during their sex ed week um, here in New York. And the same thing, it's like kids kids know things, they or they know parts of things, and they're just trying to piece it together, and they will ask you about anything. <laughs> and, 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 you know, because I don't work in the school system, I have a little bit more leeway of being like, I can tell you this in a way, but you know, that maybe your teacher can't tell you. Um, <laughs> like about foot fetishes, that was the first question for my high school class was, do people really get turned on by feet? Like really? And he wrote it exactly <laughs> like that. And then I knew it was a boy because when I pulled, he was like, yes, that was my question. I really want to know. <laughs> of course. Of course. So, yeah. you know, it just keeps reaffirming what I do and why I do it and it's very weird how I got into it um I started out uh, like my whole career started with a Twitter account I was bored monogamous and married at the time and, <laughs> and I was just recounting some of my old adventures and I started this was back when Twitter was the wild wild west it's like 2010 so you know, I was just on there sharing these things. And what I found through sharing things with folks is so many people were identifying with what I was talking about. Also, like I'm a, you know, I'm a plus size black queer woman um, and other people seeing you talk about sex when you're in a bigger body, they're like, wait, you're having these events, like, oh, I can, I can go out and have these adventures too, even though my body doesn't look like the society standard of what is attractive 
and I start yeah. you start getting people talking to you about that and so it kind of grew from there it turned into a blog and then the blog turned into me going to um, different conferences like the, all the sex ed conferences that are all around just to kind of immerse myself in the community and I wanted to figure out how I could be a part of it because I'm not a therapist um, I don't have a degree in anything you know there's no special letters but I do know an inordinate amount about sex because I was a kid who would read anything I could get my hands on and that continued into my teens into adulthood and I've always been that friend that you could ask questions and my friends like you're a walking encyclopedia of random knowledge I'm like yeah especially <laughs> when it comes to sex stuff I was the Samantha I was the friend who's like you want to I'll take you to the sex shop let's go you know <laughs> let me help you buy it. Like, let's get it let's do things so it morphed out of that and then my show sex at a go-go came from wanting to have a space where I could go and answer the questions that folks needed answered you know also showcasing a lot of the folks I was meeting because I was going to these conferences and meeting all these amazing educators therapists just people in all the parts of the industry and nobody knows who they are and so I wanted to have a space where you get to be up close with them and ask questions and I was also hosting burlesque at the time so I wanted to combine burlesque as the entertainment um, portion but also a lot of like most of the people I've met through burlesque are geniuses they have all these other things going on in their lives besides stripping and you know people just kind of knock them down a peg as if they they aren't really smart and so I combined all those things and it's like here you are you have these three people one of them happens to be in a spangly thong we're gonna answer your questions about sex and have discussions about it on stage and I've done that show for like six years and then during that time things started springing off with different speaking engagements and teaching at conferences, doing different talks about different topics. Um, and then it's just, it's been, I, I know how it happened, but it's weird. Like, <laughs> you know, it's hard to yeah. tell people your path when it wasn't a straight path, nor was it conventional. Right. Well, and when you sort of like blink and wake up one day and you go, oh, this is a thing I do now. Right, exactly. And that's kind of what happened, like from a blog to being on Netflix and being in you know i used to when i got started there's i don't know if you know who ducky doolittle is she's amazing but she really was a touchstone for me because she didn't have she uh didn't have a college degree and she was doing this work and a lot of it she's like listen you pick it up from all these different organizations you work with and these jobs and that's a knowledge base that deserves to be recognized and you don't not everybody has like the privilege of going to college i didn't and some of us are self-taught and she's like you know a lot of times it comes from experience and so now I'm like I am almost 11 years deep in this industry as a whole and you know I, I just have so much knowledge that I feel less like oh yeah people are like would you go back to school I'm like there wasn't even a sex educator degree when I started like this is <laughs> such a new like seeing how things have morphed from when I started mm -hmm. where you could barely find a certificate course to go, you know, yeah. get something. I think Planned Parenthood was doing a certificate course that now has turned into their touchstone program. It's not a certificate anymore. But now there's actual colleges offering this as a track, which I love. I love that people don't have to struggle to get into this work anymore. Like they can go, oh, okay, I can choose a school that has this as an option. 
So that yeah. makes me happy. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. So about a year ago, you posted on your Instagram about something that we talked about last week and that's bothered us for ages, which is how we see ads for erectile dysfunction meds literally everywhere we go. Um, but there is still so much shame and stigma around discussing things like period products, sex toys, or at, basically anything having to do with a vulva or uterus. Um, and as you say, pleasure isn't a problem, it's a right. So can you talk about your fight to end this stigma and how it fuels and maybe sometimes exhausts you? Oh, yeah. <sighs> you know, I part of what I do a lot of what I do, everything that I do is it's activism in itself. And I say that to folks all the time. I'm like activism isn't just standing outside and marching, even though those are very important parts. It's the work you do and how you do it. And so when we show up and you keep talking about things and you keep putting it out there, no matter what the hurdles and you find your way around, like that's activism. When you're like, I am going to keep this thing visible that everyone is working to make invisible that's activism and so it is exhausting when you can't just make videos talking about a sex toy where you're showing it if it's too phallic or if it looks like a vulva or you know you can't show people how things operate even from a just a demonstration like oh and this is how you turn it on and turn it off you know those things will get taken off of TikTok. i know i put when i uh, got on the show principles of pleasure there's a screen still of me holding up a toy it's on the blue background and I have the toys in front of me and mm -hmm. I put that in a in one of my I made like a video that was me over the years it was just like a quick flash and it didn't even get posted they wouldn't even go they're like no you can't post this because there's something inappropriate in it and literally the only thing that could have been flagged was me holding a butt plug <laughs> cool 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 yeah so awesome. it's like that stuff is exhausting because then you see all of these not just like still ads but commercials and things that are all about like the male libido and making your penis work mm -hmm. and like while i'm here for it and it's important and i am always going to champion like sex ed for all and access for all it's infuriating when we can't even talk about pleasure products or we can't talk about periods we can't show things that look too phallic on a period ad but you can show a cactus <laughs> in a, in a right. you know standing straight a wilted cactus and then a cactus standing straight up in a in a you know a a, a hymns ad like one of those i'm like how is this okay but right. an artist rendering that has like a plant that they found too phallic got you know from the MTA was like no we can't put that up so that kind of stuff is just like how do we get past it how do we keep doing it and I mean the answer is just be relentless and be an and be annoying about it <laughs> be, be relentless and be annoying well yeah I mean we do love being annoying <laughs> yeah I mean you have to you have to be the rock in somebody's shoe a lot of yeah. times and then I think you start seeing the tide turn a little bit like if you look at Netflix we have sex education we've got principles of pleasure we got how to build a sex room we have we have 365 we have the second installment of 365 like there's so much more outward facing sex stuff on like a major streaming platform now and I, that's not even to say like all the other streaming platforms and the things that they're allowing so I feel like 
those are things that give me hope where it's like even though they're not perfect and I have so much to say about some of those some of those things I am glad that there are people getting to see this as a normalized thing yeah absolutely mm-hmm. well and you know I think we I think you can take a look at you know other areas of activism like uh, queer activism and you know we see there there's been so much so many pieces of media particularly I think Netflix is where I watch a lot of things um, with, you know, for example, non-binary characters being introduced and having it just be completely normal right? Um, and not be like a big deal and a big part of the plot. Like there's a non-binary character and that's, that's just who they are. And so, you know, I think it's, um, I think that does, you know, sort of give you hope like, okay, there are these other areas that are starting of activism that are starting to grow and hopefully can follow suit and we can reach a place where we can all be talking about these things openly and in a totally normal way and not have it be like, oh my gosh. Right. I mean, look at, you know, I'm a big cartoon watcher and I love, I'm a Steven Universe fan and I'm a Craig of the Creek fan. And those are two shows that openly have queer and non-binary narratives and trans narratives that they're not going this is bad this is binary non-binary this is trans it's if you're watching it you just get it and the thing is is kids are getting it and it's sinking in in a way of like okay humans there's there's a lot of different kinds of humans got it check okay Mm -hmm. and they can move Mm -hmm. along and i mean but as an adult watching this stuff i cry happy tears because i'm watching the show and you have them just fluidly go into like they them pronouns on on Craig of the Creek one day and I'm just like oh the kids are gonna be okay and I'm just sobbing <laughs> right. right whereas like when we were growing up if there was a gay couple that kissed on like n- primetime TV it, it was in the oh news my God. it was for like weeks. magazine covers forever yeah or not only that it was a very special episode of yeah. whatever right. show <laughs> that was like a whole narrative about like gay or whatever was going on mm-hmm. and we had it it was like here's the lesson you know it was kind of shoved down our throats instead of making it this seamless part of like everything you're doing yeah. and I love that we're seeing that more still so much work to do still so much you know totally. things we have to do but as a you know being 40 and I feel like somebody was like we've spanned so many decades and I'm like stop talking about it <laughs> but we, we have and you know we've seen the shift over time and a little bit of the swing back but still how people are like no we're not like gonna go back and I think that's why I haven't fully lost all hope is because I do see those glimmers of people pushing and going no we're like we're not we're not doing that Right. I'm not going to shut up about it. So, yep. I love that. Craig of the Creek is one of my fourth graders' favorite shows. And uh, I don't think he even noticed because they did it so so easily. It was just part of the show and it wasn't even a thing. And he didn't, he didn't ask me questions or anything. He just like, he just really loves the show. And so you're right. Every time I watch a show with him where they do stuff like that, it just makes me so happy that there is that representation out there and there's all and i just it's and it's not just you know queer non-binary like there's the different cultures that they showcase and there's like they have a deaf character and they don't harp on it it's just like oh you just see them um doing sign language with another character and then and like 
oh, what did he say? You know, they're just, it's just normal. It's like a normal mm-hmm. life interaction. And I just love that. And I love that kids are able to witness it and not feel like they have to ask questions because they're like, oh, yeah, okay, I get that. This works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a great it's show. I highly recommend it to anyone out there. Um, so people with vulvas experience many different types of sexual dysfunction, including low libido, inability to orgasm, pain during sex, just to name a few. Even though these are incredibly common issues, it's easy to feel alone if you're experiencing them because so few people talk about them and doctors tend to brush them off. Can you speak on just how common these issues are and how people experiencing them can seek out solutions? Oh yeah. <sighs> you know, um, the one of the things I loved about Principles of Pleasure was how they really broke down attraction and um, libido and where all of that comes from because I don't think we think of that in the in those terms especially women it's kind of like we think of it more as a feeling and less of a brain thing when really it is a a brain thing it's we need a lot we need a lot um to be happening in order to get those to those places and it is so common on different levels it's some people have very high libidos for a very long time and then they'll have a dip and they start panicking and they worry that it's not going to come back i'm one of those people like when i hit my 30s everything exploded my 30s was crazier than my 20s <laughs> you know i was like oh this is what they've been talking about and then i hit you know the end of my 30s to my 40s and it became still i was like interested in all these things but i felt like more time could go between me not having sex and then having sex and you know, I live alone. Um, my, my partner, my main partner is long distance and I've been dating, but sometimes it's like, okay, I'll realize like, oh, it's, it's been like a month. Well then, uh, <laughs> but it also, I masturbate a lot. You know, I'm a prolific masturbator. I believe in self-love. And so I think that's also for me why I don't pay attention to, to it as much, but I have noticed that shift. And when you notice that shift and you start talking to other people about it, it pops up. So it is very normal. Sometimes it's hormonal. Sometimes it's just life. You know, it's, you have kids, you're super busy, you know, the husband, you know, there's so much happening in life that it's hard to like pause and let yourself get into a place where you can feel attractive and desire or want to desire. Um, I, a story from yesterday, my partner, I'm going to visit him. And so he sends me this really sexy text and I'm in the middle of everything, like literally at my desk doing all these emails. I've got stacks of paper all around me. I see it come in, I open it up and I read it and I get this little like ping of like, oh, I'm excited to see him and this is cute. But I put my phone down and then he sends me back and he's like, do you crave me? And I laughed out loud. And because we have the kind of relationship we um, we openly talk to each other and I don't feel like I have to, you know, go, yeah. I'm like, you know, you can't ask me those questions when I'm in the middle of things. Because I don't, I can't access that part my of my brain. My brain is you. busy. Yeah. I'm like, I literally am not thinking, I'm like, no shade, not thinking about you right now. I have so <laughs> many things to do before I get on a plane tomorrow at 730 in the morning. Um, so I, I love you, but uh, this was not where my head is. And he goes, you know, I should have asked you what you were doing before I sent that. I was like, that would have been helpful. Um, <laughs> and we have that, you know, we, we have that kind of relationship where he doesn't take it to heart because he knows how I am. He knows when I'm busy, 
I, I get blinders on. It's like hallway, you know, and I'm not, mm-hmm. there's no room for all for that. But then to make room, I have to shut that stuff down. So having those kinds of like realizing that stuff about yourself and that it's not, that it's not a pro, it's not a problem per se. It's like, oh, this is something I need to be aware of. So like when mm-hmm. you do, if you are missing sex with your partner but not sure how to access that again look at like what's going on around you are you knee deep and everything being busy y'all were talking about school starting back that sounds so hectic and i was like i'm glad i don't have kids (laughs) (laughs) this is like so much work but that's so much to be juggling that to then be able to like turn that switch where you can feel hot and sexy for your partner so it's it's being aware of what's going on in your life and trying to find solutions for that it's a something to you know start that communication with your partner and like not necessarily making it their problem but like saying hey when I'm stressed or when a lot's going on it's hard for me to feel this way I want to feel this way I want to be in this mode but I need things to be calmer and like can we figure out how to do that and sometimes it's taking a little trip away, even an overnight in a hotel. I have some really good friends. They have a three-year-old now, or a three-nager, as <laughs> is the term, and he fits it <laughs> to a T. Um, and, you know, they do, they'll go away for just a night, just to be not in their house where there's clutter, where their kiddo is there, like, he'll, you know, they leave him with his grandparents, and just a, a way to, like, one, get sleep, <laughs> which they don't get a lot of, and to just be able to connect in a space where there's nothing around you calling to you. So those are ways to access it. Um, thinking about carving out time for yourself, just alone time to masturbate, even if that's like in your bathroom. I know the bathroom tends to be everybody's temple, um, especially during the pandemic. A lot of people gravitated towards like, I'm going to go just be in the bathroom because <laughs> that was the space everybody had to be alone, you know? So I always tell people, like, if that's your space where everybody leaves you alone, nobody's going to bother you, and you think that's going to be the time you can get your most, you know, um, self-time, maybe that's the space where you you go take care of yourself and masturbate. Or even just taking care of yourself. Like, I have all these really nice lotions and um, soaps and things in my shower, and when I... I'm feeling just so stressed to the point and I know I need like a break I just go in and reconnect with myself by like cleaning my body and the smells and like just making I have lights I bought lights on Amazon for the bathroom that make different colors you know I just make an ambiance moment yeah because it's I you know it's not just about sex it's about sensuality and reconnecting with yourself and I'll do that sometimes that's like a good alone night when I'm like self-care I'll set up the bathroom and then I do all the lotions and all the oils and all the hair stuff and I come out feeling like a new person and sometimes I'll masturbate after sometimes I don't sometimes I curl up in bed and I'll read a book but it's like I feel more like myself on those nights especially after a lot of madness um, because we kind of lose ourselves sometimes so I think that's an important part for folks to remember especially women that we have so much happening and we tend to be responsible for a lot of things that maybe our spouses aren't or you know especially when we have kids and that we have to give ourselves a break um and that when we don't give ourselves a break the burnout for us tends to go sex first yeah absolutely 
Yeah, it really does. So, okay, let's talk about creativity in the bedroom. So I'm one of those people I who has a really difficult time reaching orgasm. And I am really lucky. I mentioned this last week. I have a partner who, you know, regularly suggests different things we can try. And he's really dedicated to making sex truly pleasurable for both of us. Um, for folks that are listening who think that getting a little creative with sex might help them, whether it's using new toys or watching porn together or whatever it might be, what are some ways that they can approach this conversation with their partner? And what would you recommend for quote beginners here? Yeah, I love framing it as a date night. So we get a lot of people coming in to the sex shop as on dates, like they'll go to brunch first and then they'll come in to just shop. And sometimes they're just window shopping. Sometimes they're, they're there with a mission. <laughs> like they come in like, <laughs> we want this thing. But it's cute seeing people walk around and touch things and be playful and show each other things. And sometimes it's like we, we sell lingerie, so they'll do like a little lingerie. And, you know, it's you can tell that like, oh, y'all have not been out for a while and you were just really enjoying yourselves. And I like framing it like that because there's no pressure. Dates are really good and connective and are like that that little beginning it's the beginning of the sentence that if the period is sex dates are the beginning of that sentence so getting you kind of set up into that and I think it's easier to approach it when you're like I think this would be fun I would like to go check some things out with you and less of you know I want to go buy this very specific thing and I you know I want you to come with me or I'm gonna go by myself and I'm gonna get it and bring it home um, especially for those who have like a partner who's apprehensive about you bringing sex toys into the bedroom when you go into a shop especially one that has like a staff a knowledgeable staff a sex ed aware staff i think they make it easier to help folks find things and kind of soothe some of those fears um and also point you towards things that you may not have thought of you know creative fun things that you're like ooh. I, I didn't think of this or I've never seen this, which a lot of people have not seen a lot of things that are in sex shops. So I like those things. Um, sitting down and talking about stuff when it's not sexy times. So if you just have like a night where you're, it's after dinner, kids are already down, and you're just like hanging out together, taking a moment to just talk about some stuff when there isn't sex on the line. I think a lot of people make the mistake to have these intense and sometimes hard talks right before they have sex which then nobody wants to have sex after that <laughs> so <laughs> having these talks where you can sit and go like i'm curious about this stuff or i think this might be helpful or even just like i'm having some issues and i you know i would like to try to figure this out and i'd like you to be a part of helping me figure this out um but doing it when you can just be together and not have it be like oh well, now there's no mood or we've ruined the mood. Like if you don't, if there's no mood to ruin, it's easier to have conversations about it. I love a good yes, no, maybe list. They are um, used a lot in the kink community. So yes, no, maybe list are, there's so many available all over the place. My favorite one is by um, Bex Caputo, Bex Talk Sex. And they created one that, you can actually fill things in so they give you all the choices so it's all these different things you can put butt stuff or bondage or nipple clamps or whatever and then it's a whole list and then there's a yes 
column, a no column, and a maybe. And basically you take each take your paper and you sit down and you go down the list and if you're like, ooh yeah, that's a thing I would do or I like, you put that in the yes. If it's a if it's a maybe, you'd be like, I'm curious, you put it there. And if it's a no, like I am definitely not into that, you put it there. And then you can swap papers with each other. So you can see what the other person marked down, where you where you do match up, where you might not have even thought you matched up because maybe you were afraid to talk about it or you know just apprehensive about talking about it you might find that like oh we actually match up in this area and then you can can see some things about like oh what are you curious about i love that idea yeah it's, it's a good conversation starter because it all starts with i'm like it all starts with your brain and then your body will follow <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I like that now you mentioned watching porn I am a fan of watching porn together or at least finding like a sexy movie because sometimes porn can be a lot for people so like you know like your nine and a half weeks or even like the like 365 on Netflix which is cheesy but hot and it makes no sense but it's who cares it doesn't need to <laughs> you know sitting and having that you know Netflix and chill with your spouse is a great way to like kick things off or see some stuff that you haven't seen before and you're like maybe we want to try that move yeah, yeah. I like that sort of a dip in your toe into it right what is the number one thing people get wrong about sex toys Ooh, that one size fits all. I think people yeah. shop for sex toys like, like they shop for a refrigerator, right? Like <laughs> when you're shopping for a refrigerator, people are like, okay, it's a fridge, whatever. As long as it fits in the slot that isn't in your house, whatever. And you might look for some attributes that you want in it. Um, and then, but most of all, you're just like, okay, this is a refrigerator and it's going to cool my food and it's going to work the same way. The thing is, is when you really think about buying any appliance, you do have to think about, oh, will it fit in this spot? Is it too tall? Is it too wide? Is it, you know, going to be too low for me? Where do I want the freezer? Are we a top freezer family or are we a bottom freezer family? Are we a French door? Are we a single door? Do we want a freezer with a light? Like, there's all these things that that maybe you're not totally thinking about when you see them spread out for you you're like oh oh I like all of these things sex toys are in that way you have to actually think about all the ways that they might work for you before because people come in and they're like oh my friend told me about this vibrator and she loved it and it's amazing and it's like yes it might work for your friend but you might get this $200 vibrator home and hate it and it won't work for you and then you'll mm -hmm. decide no sex toys work for you or you're broken or you know or you just have a bad opinion because you had you tried one whereas if you stopped and you thought about oh do i want something for internal stimulation or external stimulation i'm not sure how do i orgasm what's the way i most orgasm or am i looking to explore other ways to orgasm you know do i have a narrow vaginal canal is this toy too big is this one, you know, not big enough? Do I need something that's more flexible? There's so many things that people don't take into context when they're buying toys. They just think, they, they'll come in and see like a thousand toys on a shelf, all different, and go, well, which one should I get? And I'm like, well, what are you using it for? <laughs> like that narrows it down. I've literally had somebody like, well, give me the one popular thing. And I'm like, there's 
too many different sections. Like, are you looking for a butt toy? Are you looking for something that's penis focused? Are you looking for like a, a couples focused toy? Are you looking for, which everything can be for a couple, but there's some things made that are a little bit more like the focus is on being used with a partner. Are you looking for something that's just for clitoral? Something that for G-spot, you know, do you want something that vibrates? Do you want, how, how fast do you want it to vibrate? Like there's so many things to take in and I want people to think about that before they come in because coming in and just going, oh, I just, I just want something. And it's like, well, what's, what's the something? Well, and that speaks to finding a shop with employees who are actually knowledgeable and aren't just going to like slap the most expensive thing in your hand and be like, okay, fun. Bye. Right. Or tell you like, this is guaranteed to work. I hate that. I, I will never guarantee anything to anyone. Um, as a person who does not come easily, I know like I've tried so many things, <laughs> I've tried so many toys <laughs> and some things are an uphill battle and some work for me like right on time, right on point, but that doesn't mean it's going to work for other people. So it's, it really is about stopping to think about your body, which a lot of people don't do and they don't think about what they might need. And it may just because they've never had to, you know, they've never stop to go like oh this is I prefer this over this it's not a thing a lot of people have done and then they come by a toy and they'll say like oh I've had one toy since college and they're in their 40s and they've never bought another toy and it finally broke and so now they're out trying to buy something in a world where there's so many things out there and they have to kind of rethink what they want or what they need because also your body's different yeah, for yeah. sure. So, you know, coming back to this this shame and stigma, um, how can we as like individuals work through that shame and stigma that's so often associated with uh, basically anything besides plain old missionary sex? Yeah. Oh, it's a journey for sure. And it really starts with, yourself and like accepting like you have to be able to you have to be able to look at yourself as a desirable being and that is not Ooh. a yes and that is not an easy thing you know I, I say that as if you can just be like okay I'm a desirable being and it's you know in the show they talk about mirror work and looking at your body and every day you know doing something new and spending a little bit more time and I think because it's it's really about body acceptance um I don't you know there can be there's such thing as uh toxic body positivity right and I and I don't I've stopped saying like I you have you gotta love yourself and I'm like I like I love myself but my body we are buddies like we you know there's <laughs> there are days when I can say like oh I love you body and there are days where I'm like you know what, girl, you're okay. But what I told myself is I can't say I don't like myself. I'm not allowed to say bad things about myself anymore. Um, I can say, like, you know what? Maybe maybe I don't give myself a compliment today, but I'm not allowed to be negative. And that's mm -hmm. helped, and it really has stopped the, the spiral, you know, when you we have a, those bad days, those bad body days. It stopped the spiral because I'm like, I can't, okay, I don't feel good, but I, I, I can't sit here and berate myself. Um, and then it's made those days when, when I really am enjoying myself, 
I can be like real nice to myself. Like, girl, look at that butt. Oh my God, look at these, oh, look at you in these panties. Like, I, you know, when you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, yes, I would totally have sex with myself. This is great. Um, <laughs> you have to, you have to get to those moments. You have to get to those Lizzo moments, right? You have to get to those, like, oh, I am fine. I am, you know, anybody would want this. This is amazing. You know, you got to, you got to hype yourself up. Um, because if you don't see yourself as a desirable being, it's going to be really hard for you to feel desire or to really, just really enjoy any parts because you have to, you know, we have to touch ourselves. You got to get intimate with your body. And if you don't like what you see or what you feel, that's going to be really hard to do. It's going to be really hard to connect with yourself. So, you know, there's so many books and things. I don't, I don't have anything off the top of my head. Well, there's Come As You Are, which I think is great. And that's just learning about your body and learning that how your body is shaped, especially your vulva, is normal. Which, uh, you know, so many people think that they're shaped weirdly and that, they, oh, nobody else has labia this long. Like, I have almost non-existent inner labia. They are tiny. They are like little, little baby inner labia. And for the longest time, I was like, oh my God, is anybody else like this? And one day I tweeted out, I was like, who else has very large outer labia, like juicy, but no inner labia? <laughs> and do you know how many people were like, mine are so tiny. And I was like, yay, I'm not alone. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and I, but I, but when you, so when you talk about those things or you read them in books or you see things, it's like, it starts to adjust the picture the thing, the bill of goods we were sold about bodies and how they're supposed to look, you know, first of all, realizing that that's bullshit. And, um, even, even all the people we see on Instagram, it's angles, it's doing ungodly things to your body sometimes to make them look a certain way. Um, it's a lot of money and sometimes you just have to like, you know, I'm, I don't have any of that, but I, I really like my body also. I lean in on the people I trust who do like my body. That was a big thing for me was, you know, I never, I, the, when they say, oh, you can't see yourself in somebody else's eyes. And I'm like, yeah, you can, you can. People who love you and cherish you and, you know, see you for your beauty. Those are the people you need to look through your eyes. When you can't see yourself like that, having a partner who just looks at you adoringly and loves you. And I will say to myself, you know, you have all this. If you if you were all the bad things you keep telling yourself yourself you are, you wouldn't have that. And do you mm -hmm. think your partner's a liar? No. Well, then you can't say they're lying when they say that they think you're beautiful and they love your body. And you know, those were things I kept reminding myself throughout my journey of was like there are people that literally worship your body sometimes. How are you standing here being mean to yourself? Like, just remember that stuff. And that was so helpful. It, it really was, because brains are mean. <laughs> Our brains are mean. They're a bad neighborhood. I heard that in a class once. It was like, that your brain can be a bad neighborhood. It's dangerous in there. Um, you know, they'll jump out and get you on the, you'll be having a great day, and then suddenly it'll be like, uh, look at that belly roll. And you're like, no. But, you know, on those days now, I'm like, look at my cute little belly. Hello, how are you? You know, just having, just connecting with yourself more. 
and over time you'll get there it, it is a journey I don't I don't ever want to tell people like a thing like you're it's going to be instant um, but when you start yourself on that path to kindness with yourself um, and doing mirror work and even reading books like I love the body keeps the score especially if you're a survivor yeah any fashion yeah I am too and you know what to be real I've only gotten through a little bit of it because it pings so much for me and I'm like I have to read it slow <laughs> yes I'm still working my way yep. through it but it's so good it's yep. so good and those are those are that's like that self-work that I think um is part of taking care of ourselves like that's self-care buying books that to sit and read and learn about your body that's self-care like yes self-care can be a massage and a manicure but also you know retraining your brain feeling different about your body you know and even how like your relationship with food my relationship with food is completely different than it was a long time ago and all of that's translated into me feeling like a sexier person just because I've shifted a lot of how I think about things so it took a it took a while like my 20s I was very low self-esteem 30s was great and on that road of like oh my god life is great and 40 now it's like ooh, hello new body things that I have to readjust for <laughs> now it's like ooh, what? We're aging <laughs> what a great what a great reminder though that it is all tied together that you know it's not like our trauma is separate and it's over here and our you know relationship with food is separate and it's over here and our sex lives are separate and it's over here like it is all tied together and we have to work on all of it yep and and sometimes you'll find you're uh, you're kind of if you're focusing on the sex stuff you you start like when i started really delving into more sexuality desire things with myself that was a big boost for my self-esteem you know when i started exploring kink that changed the game for me self-esteem wise like completely i think that was my pivot point and i'm not saying go out and you know be kinky and get a dom but if it's your inclination and that is a thing that you're looking to to uh explore it was a big a big game changer i i tell the story often but i had my first dom he was online like i was just very curious and i found this lovely man who was like you know it's dangerous out here but i want to like help you like he was giving me terms and the things to read and we had like protocol and all these different things because he's like you know submission is a thing you want to explore here's some of the things you might expect and one of the protocol was i had to send pictures every morning so i had a certain time i had to send him a nude picture and then a picture of my outfit of the day those were his two things and the first morning the nude photo i sobbed because i Ooh. did not want to share it and I finally got myself together and sent my picture and he's like, why are you crying? Like he could see visibly I had been crying. And then like, I just don't want you to see that. Like, I don't, I don't want to see this. And he's like, if I didn't want to see it, I wouldn't ask you for it. And I, you know, and that stuck with me and he's like, you, you, you can't, you know, you can't think of it like that. He's like, I want to see this. And every day got better. And towards the end of our relationship, like our last day of protocol he said i'd like one last photo of you and i sent him the two photos and then he sends back 
my first nude I ever sent him than the last one. And he's, look, look at you. You're a completely different person. In the first picture, I'm slumped. I have been crying. Like, I'm almost, like, trying to cover myself with myself. And the second I got my hands on my hips, I'm smiling. My back is straight. And he's like, you're a completely different person in these two pictures. And I realized, like, my body wasn't that different. I hadn't lost a lot of weight. It was just I stopped feeling so shitty about myself. Yeah. And it was wow. Yeah. So, you know, that it's it's a journey that you can go on and I I believe that we can all make it to a better place. Like even if it's you don't love your body that you at least are kind to your body. For sure. Or that you at least have the rule that you're not going to be mean to your body. Yeah. yeah. I think and I think that's a great place to start where you said like I'm not going to say anything negative about my body, even if some days it's just a neutral statement about my body. I think that's a great place for, that's a great place to start. Yeah, like you just, maybe you're giving your body the silent treatment, but you don't have to be cruel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have so many more questions, but we are running out of time. No. This was so, so fun. Could you quickly share some of your favorite resources for people who are struggling with sex and don't know where to turn and people who are looking to get resources for people who are looking to get more involved in the sex positive community yeah so i there's a site called scarletine and it's aimed towards teenagers but honestly i love it for adults because it has so much good information about bodies any question you know think about the things teenagers would ask but also that adults a lot of adults don't know so there's a lot of articles and things there um, and I love that as a resource. I mentioned Come As You Are. I think that is an amazing book. If you are just on any kind of journey of learning about your body and your mind and how those things come together and sex and orgasms, it's like, ugh, so good, so good. And Emily was in The Principles of Pleasure. Um, Pleasure Activism is another great book that I love. That I love there's so many good books and usually if you find those books on a list they'll list other 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 books that are amazing um and oh what was the other resource you said those uh people who are looking to get more involved in the sex positive community yes that I mm, follow folks like myself and you know other educators that you come across uh we're a bit scattered and things like that but there are um, different conferences they're all in different regions there's like sex down south which is in atlanta and that's happening soon there's southwest love fest um those are the, the two major ones i get my brain is letting me think of right now but there's so many different conferences if you google sex positive conference or sex ed conference so many things pop up and i think they're always open to the public um they're great because you get to uh, go meet folks who do this work but they're also doing talks so there's so many like workshops and seminars that you can go to and learn things like we're going to learn from from our peers but you can come in and, and just learn so many things about your body and sexuality and mental health and there's so many areas it covers and you know there's some of them that are more kink skewed or uh, not monogamy skewed so you have a lot of places you can go and it's a good place to go meet people um, and really kind of sink your foot into like that the sex positive community and what is going on in it and how you can get involved. Amazing. 
so then how can our listeners connect with you and take part in the services you offer? Yeah, so you can find me on um, Instagram and Twitter at Dirty Lola. And then my website is DirtyLola.co. And that has a, you know, contact me page. And you can get in touch with me about different speaking things. I do one-on-one talks as well with folks, um, like consultations. I've done like sex toy uh, consultations. I've helped people online shop. So whatever you, if, if you need something and it seems weird, contact me because I'll probably do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. The first person who was like, I, I just want a buddy to online shop with. And like, so I could ask you questions. I was like, yeah, we could do it. Tell me what. Yeah. Like, that sounds like fun. Yeah. And we <laughs> sat on Zoom together and went into a website and just went through different things together and I was like oh go look at this and they were like oh what's this you know so it was really lovely and it was a nice hour it was when, during lockdown so we couldn't go into a brick and mortar uh, and it was great it was like your you know sex toy concierge <laughs> love that so much fun well thank you Lola for being here with us this was an excellent conversation uh, we appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedule so come and chat it's lovely so before we end, we always like to talk about what's bringing us joy this week. Uh, Lola, what is something that is making you happy right now? It's making me happy. Oh my god, it's so early for this, but Christmas is coming. <laughs> it's and, fine. We're fine with that. Okay. Well, no, and I'm not, and no, I don't. The Halloween folks don't come for me. I love Halloween, but I am planning a. I'm getting a party bus for my family. So we can go see like all the Christmas lights and things together. It's my like gift to my nieces and nephews. And it's just been bringing me so much joy because when I'm an organized, like super over organized person. So like to be doing this now, I'm like, oh, this is so great. And I do love Christmas. So it's I'm making like an itinerary and I was up late last night like doing that. So I'm a nerd like that. But that it's really made me happy that I'm like so ready to see everybody's faces and especially the kids and like that's got my heart bursting right now that sounds uh, so girl, fun uh, getting making detailed itineraries is like we don't know anything about that yeah, it's like our favorite thing so <laughs> actually very much understand yeah get a list is ooh, i love a list <laughs> oh, who needs uh, honestly that's 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 my kind of porn right there all right <laughs> Steffi, what's bringing you joy? Uh, I have therapy this afternoon. <laughs> and I I really love my therapist. She's incredible and she's sassy and ooh, she's the best. Uh, but I just, it's like one of those, it's one of those weeks where I'm like, yes, I am going to go talk to my therapist and I think it's going to be a much needed hour. So, and then I'll come home and I'll take a nap. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to both of those things. Well, you I'm know? happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. You know, sometimes it's the little things like therapy. Uh, Megan, what's bringing you joy? Uh, I guess also a very little thing. Um, yesterday I made onion rings. Oh, and- yeah. I'm very happy. What's that? From scratch? Yeah. I was testing a recipe for work and um, I was making them from scratch. And I didn't have to make the whole batch, but I did. And then I ate most of them, uh, and it was 100% worth it. So Yes. Yes. 
I'm only sad because I don't have any left, and onion rings don't, they don't really reheat. No, they so, don't. I mean, you so you had to eat them all. I mean, I had to. you don't want to waste food. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, come on. 100%. Obviously. <laughs> You're doing a good thing for the planet by eating all of the onion rings. Sure. I'll, I'll use that as my justification. I, I'm here all day. You know where to find me. I am good at that kind of stuff. Uh, so next week, we will be doing our book club discussion on the novel Black Cake. So until then, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on social media at IRSA Podcast. You can also send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Bye. Thank you.